Today's show is sponsored by the New Orleans Bourbon Festival. Come take in everything the Big Easy has to offer while participating in one of the top bourbon events in the world in New Orleans, Louisiana, March 20th to 23rd, 2019. Get your tickets now at neworleansbourbonfestival.com. We are also sponsored by the New Orleans Bourbon Festival. Come take in everything the Big Easy has to offer while participating in one of the top bourbon events in the world in New Orleans, Louisiana, March 20th to 23rd, 2019. Get your tickets now at neworleansbourbonfestival.com. What's up, everybody? This is Bonded and Bourbon. Armand here with the lovely Samara. How are you, babe? I'm good. I, um, um, yeah, I'm good. Just got back from San Antonio Cocktail Conference, so still trying to, like, catch my bearings and, you know, get caught back up on everything, but I'm good. How about you? I'm doing good. I want to hear more about this cocktail conference. I'm sure the listeners want to hear about it as well. Tell us all about it. (laughs) Um, well, you know, we I was in uh, San Antonio last week um, to speak on uh, implicit bias within the spirits industry at the San Antonio Cocktail Conference. And the speech was amazing. It turned out great. And um, we ended up spending the entire weekend there just going from um, activation to activation. We got a chance to taste a lot of whiskey um, from some up and coming brands. Finally got my hands on Blackened, the um, the Metallica release. Um, got a chance to taste that. Fell in love with um, a Texas brand called Treaty Oak. Um, so yeah, and just I mean they have it's kind of like a mini Tales. Um, it's just not as crazy as Tales of a Cocktail, but it's um, it's the Texas version. So uh, lots of drinking involved, lots of networking. Um, and it was just a great time. We spent, um, we had dinner with our friends at Uncle Nearest Whiskey, Fawn and her husband, Keith, the, the owners of Uncle Nearest. We went to dinner with them. They've got, they had a tasting suite. So we got a chance to hang out with their staff. Um, but yeah, I think, um, after five days of drinking, you know, <laughs> I came home and like, I just kind of slept and have been trying to detox and now it's time for us to taste for the show. <laughs> so I was going to say, so tales is known as really, it's kind of, it's an industry thing. You got an industry gathering. You got a lot of bartenders and industry insiders. Yeah. Would you say that this, uh, that San Antonio would be something that would be good for, uh, for a, a more casual listener, like a consumer, would it be good for some of the bourbonites if they wanted to go over uh, and partake in some of the festivities, some of the programming, would that be good? Or do you think it's kind of more geared more for industry? The, uh, San Antonio Cocktail Conference is definitely more consumer focused. 
Um, a lot of the industry does come out just because the brands all have representation. Uh, the bartending community comes out, um, you know, and they all participate in making the cocktails for every single seminar that they have. They had seminars all day long at two different hotels. Um, and then they also have dinner pairings. They've got activations. Each brand does like a dinner or, I mean, or like a happy hour. Um, they've had amazing collaborative um, events that happened every night where multiple brands were represented. But so just because of the amount of booze and the amount of cocktails that are there, it does kind of make it a, um, an industry event, but it is very much for the consumers to enjoy. Um, and I made quite a few friends with some of the local consumers there in the San Antonio area. So yeah, I would definitely nice. go to this one nice. over. I mean, New Orleans is amazing. That's where Tales of the Cocktail is. Um, but San Antonio is definitely more for consumers and more for where our audience will want to go. Well, I'm glad it'll be a regular stop for us then uh, and be participating in uh, with them uh, each year going forward. And sounds like it was a great experience. So, all right. Well, let's get ready to yeah, dive in. Totally. So what are we tasting today? Well, you know, um, ironically, one of the best activations that I went to at San Antonio Cocktail Conference was um, a karaoke, um, it was a karaoke kind of like tribute um, event for Dave Pickerel, and it was produced by Whistlepig. And uh, they had it at this place called the Shuck Shack. So it's like not downtown, like you have to take an Uber to get there, but it's this place that has amazing oysters and like fried oysters and chicken nuggets and and shrimp cocktails. Amazing. But uh, Whistle Pig took over this entire restaurant, brought in a, a, a team of cocktail um, bartend- bartenders from like Houston area. And it was a full on party for Whistle Pig. So we had cocktails with um, Whistlepig 10, Old World 12 year. Um, it was like free flowing, free flowing Whistlepig 12 year, <laughs> which would nice. never like, like, yeah, I tried to drink it all. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but you know, like I can barely find the Old World, World on the shelf. And if, if I do find it, it's definitely like $75 plus um, you know, to purchase for a bottle. So the fact that they were basically, it was just a free flowing night of whistle pig 12. I really did try to drink it all. Um, but those are the type of activations that they had and they had karaoke. Uh, Fred Minnick was there, um, singing karaoke, singing all the country Western songs I've never heard before. Um, and they had, again, all the brands were represented, all the, um, all the bartenders were there. It was an amazing event. Um, so on that note, I thought it would be appropriate that we uh, go ahead and sample this barrel pick that we actually um, received from one of our listeners, OJ Lima. He um, he did a barrel. He recently did a barrel pick with Whistle Pig uh, in New York, and sent us this bottle for us to review. And before we could even review it, babe, um, I talked to him earlier today and he said it's already sold out. So (laughs) already sold out. Um, But we are, he, he's kind of positioned himself in this industry as having, you know, a very sophisticated palette and um, selling these amazing barrel picks uh, with this company out of New York. So definitely wanted to talk about the barrel pick program with Whistlepig and then also about, you know, the flavor profiles off of this one that he picked. 
um, for the company. So. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick commercial break and then we'll come back and we'll dive right in uh, to our taste, you know, for this uh, barrel pick, whistle pick, 10 year straight rye whiskey. This is Bonded in Bourbon. executive bourbon steward can you tell the audience why this training is so invaluable absolutely the reason why this class is approved by the kda is that all the top bars restaurants and distilleries are sending their employees to executive bourbon steward certification at moonshine university there's simply no other course that offers training that is more comprehensive and has a deeper look at bourbon than executive bourbon steward certification we're talking raw ingredients production history brands, sensory training, and much more. You spend a day getting education for knowledge that you will use for a lifetime. Renee, people want to get involved. How can they do exactly that? Well, you can head over to staventhief.com to register for a class today. Steve, give everyone five good reasons to go to the 2019 New Orleans Bourbon Festival. Absolutely, Renee. I got this. Number one is bourbon celebrities. No event out there offers you more one-on-one time with your favorite people from the industry. Second one is education. The classes that they offer are no joke. You learn a lot from the educational seminars at the New Orleans Bourbon Festival. The third thing is bourbon itself. Let's not forget why we're there. You get unlimited pours from like 150 different offerings, I think. Tracy said last year, we're talking different bourbons from, I don't know, 40 different, 50 different distilleries. It's amazing. So that's really cool. And there's even food from the city of New Orleans. So if you like New Orleans, you'll get an opportunity to go out and see the city itself. But when you come to the grand tastings and things like that, those restaurants actually come to you. So you get an opportunity to do that. The fifth and final reason, of course, is the ABV network itself. We're the official podcast of the New Orleans Bourbon Festival. While you're there, you can meet the team, buy merchandise, attend a screening of our new movie, stop by while we're podcasting. Basically, we are all about the New Orleans Bourbon Festival. Renee, I think people want to get involved. How can they do exactly that? Well, you can head over to neworleansbourbonfestival.com to get your tickets today. We'll see you there. Welcome back to Bonded and Bourbon. Armand and Samar here. We are about to dive into this tasting of uh, Whistle Pig Straight Rye. Uh, babe, why don't you tell us a little bit about it before we dive in, though? So we know that you know Whistle Pig is one of those. Um, it's one of the projects that Dave Pickerel um, started. He um, worked on Whistle Pig after he left. Maker's Mark and um, Whistle Pig is majority of rye whiskey. Um, and it's typically a blend of American and Canadian um, rye. So um, they've got this beautiful farm out in Vermont as well. Um, and, you know, what's really interesting is that anybody can do a single barrel with a Whistle Pig. Um, and you know, that's what, how OJ, uh, Lima, our friend was able to do this barrel pick. He partnered with his friend, Sean Kim and, um, 50 
ate wine and liquors um, in New York to do this barrel pick. Um, it is. It says, you know, we said it was 10-year um, at the earlier break, but after looking at the bottle and, um, and doing my research, this bottle pick, this barrel pick is actually an aged for 13 years. So um, this is that you can choose to, you know, bottle at barrel strength. You can choose to pick your own labels when um, chick pick your own profiles and when, you know, when they send you your samples. Um, so he's chosen to do a 13 year, um, that is barrel strength. So the proof on this is 120.2, um, proof. And the recipe on this one is 95% rye and 5% barley. So, um, thank you OJ for sending us. He sent us 82 out of 132 bottles. We got number 82. Um, and so as you know, you know, when we did our barrel pick with Maker's Mark, we were able to get a yield of 240. So the fact that this only, this barrel only yielded 132 really shows how much angel share happened with this barrel pick, and especially after it aging for 13 years. So I can't wait to dive into the tasting on this. What do you think? Yeah, I'm looking forward to it as well. Let's go ahead and get it started. So what were your initial thoughts on the appearance? Well, I thought the appearance was um, this the the whiskey has this beautiful red amber glow. It's very dark for it to be a rye whiskey. I think um, it's very dark. It looks uh, very rich and um, and and jammy. So it's beautiful. And of course, Whistlepig has an iconic uh, labeling and it's just, you know, it's a kind of bottle, bottle shape with this yellow, light yellow um, label on it. Also with the pig that um, everyone seems to love um, and has, you know, they've made it their theme. Uh, so I thought it was a, it looks very rich and very warm and inviting. So I, I left it from the top. What do you think? Um, I I thought that the liquid was very uh, dark and earthy, mm-hmm. uh, which is I thought it was pretty cool looking. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the bottle. The bottle is wide. Yeah, uh, it's kind of a wide and flat bottle. One uh, for me, it certainly made it's easy to grip, um, and the spout has that flat kind of rim around it that makes it uh, a little easier to pour. And the and it had a decent cork pop and a decent cork sound. So I thought that the appearance was um, was pretty good. Uh, and then w- when I brought it up to my nose, I thought I, I, the thing that really jumped me the rye jumped out to me, right? Mm. So um, I got the rye. I got a, I got some a little bit of maple. I got faint hints of grass. Um, and I did get some strong vapors as well. And this was even though I, I, I nosed it, you know me, I nosed probably for 10 minutes before I even taste. Mm-hmm. But every time I brought it to nose, I did get some strong vapor. Mm-hmm. And so that's something that um, it did stand out. But really, it just brought forward the rye uh, and got, like I said, the maple, faint grass. And you know it was a, it was pretty pleasant on the nose. What about you? Um, I got something completely different. So I immediately got this savory cinnamon, like dessert 
um, nose on it. And it took me a while to kind of like, just really like, I was like, Ooh, what is that? Like, it was just so amazing. And I could see how you could come up with the, the, um, the hints of the grass in there because it did have kind of like this spring type taste um, nose to it. But for me, it really was like a cinnamon dessert. Um, the more I nosed it, the more I started to pick up like um, the dried, like almost a dried cranberry in there as well. Um, I definitely picked up the sorghum um, and had tons of baking, so, um, baking spices as well. And um, again, going back to the dried cranberry, I picked up a hint of raisin on the nose, um, but it was super sweet and it, ha- it was kind of like a dry sweet. So I want to say that it almost had like um, like a wine nose to it. Like maybe there's that's some sh- there's some some sherry or something in there. But there was there it was it was sm- sweet with a little bit of a. Um, with a dried out fruit feel on the end of that, of the nosing for me. Um, And for the taste, I picked up, you know, the wine finish as well, but I got more um, hints of clove, clove and um, some burnt sugar. Also, um, I said, I really enjoyed this. I I said it, it's, it tasted like sake to me cake. Like it had like that weedy, like it had like that weedy, like that cake kind of feel to it, um, like a almost like a pound cake. But then you could totally taste that, like the nuttiness, like a roasted walnut and also um, a little bit of caramel and like cinnamon in there as well. Um, definitely picked up. Uh, the toffee notes. And then again, on the end, I picked up a little bit of the dried fruits on the finish um, for the taste. What about for you? Well, for me on the taste, the spice, uh, the rye spice was supremely dominant. Um, Mm -hmm. It really, for me, didn't allow a lot of other flavor to come forward. Um, Mm -hmm. I did pick up some earthiness uh, underneath that spice, uh, which was nice. And, um, uh, like I said, a little bit of the grass and that was kind of probably a, a combination of the earthiness, uh, and, and what I had was getting on my nose, but the spice, the rice spice was very strong and really carried all the way throughout, uh, for me all the way through to the finish actually as well on the mouthfeel, um, it was it was medium bodied, not really viscous, uh, but a decent medium body mouthfeel. I would say probably a decent size, a good size uh, swallow in order to coat your coat your mouth. Um, so I thought it felt okay. I thought it felt pretty good on the mouth. Um, what about you? I thought it was perfect. Like we've had, you know, we were always saying like, oh, the mouthfeel, it's medium body. It's okay. It's whatever. It's meh, whatever. But I actually felt like this was a, a good mouthfeel. And I haven't had, we haven't reviewed one that really has had an amazing mouthfeel, but I thought it was perfect. I actually thought it was, it was medium, but it was also very thick too. It was more towards that thick and jammy. And um, it was thick and it was viscous. It had long legs with it, especially in the glass. Um, and I'm actually quite surprised because for it to be a rye, it really read like a bourbon for me. Uh, so really? for me, I, I did. It read like a bourbon. 
So uh, that's why I asked you, I was like, well, maybe we switch the samples <laughs> because this is, I really did get a great consistency on this. I enjoyed all of those flavors, um, just kind of swishing around in my mouth and, you know, kind of getting on the sides of, um, I want to say like on the back of my mouth, like in underneath my tongue. I, I totally enjoyed the mouthfeel on this. Um, and then that led into the finish. Now, I do agree with you here. The finish, it was a smooth finish, but it was uh, that rye shone all the way through, shined all the way through. And um, it was a long finish for me. It was long and it was peppery. And it was so long, it took me a really long time to actually get through my sample just because if I were to have drank it, sat with that finish and then turn around and sipped some more, then that would have been that rye from the top, from the beginning all the way to the back. Um, but this one is a patient sipper. I really do feel like that 120 proof kicked in, the rye kicked in, and you just kind of had to wait for that, that spice and that pepper to completely dissipate before you sipped all over again. Um, so maybe that's the difference in where, like, where you said, like, you felt a rye from the moment you sipped it all the way to the back, to the, you know. But for me, I really just had to let the the finish, like, waver out before I was able to sip it again. Um, so what do you think? How was your finish? Um, for me, the finish was still, like I said, the spiciness came through all the way. So I was even getting spice all the way down to the finish, which made it uh, certainly a little hot. Um, it, mine didn't last as long mm -hmm. as yours did. Um, so it wasn't an issue of having to sit or having to wait, but just when I get that much spice from the tip of my palate all the way down to the finish, that's what makes me uh, have to wait. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not a person that uh, particularly looks for a lot of spice or spiciness in uh in the whiskeys that i drink mm -hmm. so um that was that was kind of my experience with the finish so you you enjoyed it very much that you got your scores you got everything i am actually prepared up. i'm prepared i have my scores i'm excited about my score this time excited about it well, i'm excited about <laughs> i'm excited to hear about your score as well so uh we'll i can't i'm i shudder to think about what your score is about to be <laughs> Well, we're going to take a quick break and come back on the other side, and then we'll find out what our scores are for the barrel uh, pick of a Whistle Pig Straight Rye Whiskey. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. This is Bonded in Bourbon. inspiration for your new book, The Story of 10 Classic Bourbon Cocktails? Well, I love everything bourbon, and I tend to read anything I can about the subject. I noticed that many of the articles on classic bourbon cocktails talked about how little is known about the history of these famous drinks. I decided to jump in and start researching the topic. I found it to be a fun adventure, and I think listeners will enjoy this light read. Best of all, my fellow St. Louisan, Jackie Zycan, wrote the forward for me. Steve, I know I want to get a copy of this book. Where is it available? Well, Renee, you can pick it up at your local bookstore, or you can simply head over to Amazon.com and order The Story of 10 Classic Bourbon Cocktails.
Welcome back to Bonded and Bourbon. Armand and Samara just got finished giving our tasting notes on uh, the barrel pick, whistle pick, straight rye. And we are now about to dive into our scores. So, babe, why don't you start us off with your score for appearance? Well, I really love the whistle pick label. I think it's just absolutely gorgeous. And the, the really, the whiskey in this bottle is just amazing. It's this dark amber, um, red amber glow. And it's just, it reminds me so much of a bourbon, even though it is a almost 100% rye. Um, I give it a nine. What about you? Uh, so I gave it an eight. Uh, I thought that uh, I really did like the dark, earthy uh, color. I thought that was pretty unique. And the bottle is also unique, um, you know, with it being a wide, flat bottle. It's almost like a giant flask. Um, uh-huh. And so I thought that was I thought that was pretty cool. The label also uh, was cool. And then also the specific label of the barrel, the barrel pick label that talks about the still and gives you the mash bill and all of that information. So I, I thought it was I thought it was pretty good for appearance, uh, which is why I gave it an eight uh, on the nose. I uh, gave it also gave it an eight on the nose. And that was just because I did pick up um, the rye grain and that was certainly dominant. But I also picked up some good maple notes, also picked up the faint hint of grass. Uh, and so I did, the, the vapors were certainly not something that uh, is a preference of mine to get. And they were certainly pretty strong. But, uh, you know, the combination of the rye with the maple and the grass, I thought that was a good combination. So I gave it an eight on the nose. What about you? I gave the nose a 10. I th- nice. I thought it smelled delicious. And maybe, you know, I'm just in that mindset, like, um, I ordered a king cake earlier today because <laughs> it's money grub. <laughs> so I'm like in this whole mindset of like a pastry with the rolled up cinnamon and, you know, some of the look like the nuts and the custard on the inside. So um, maybe my brain is just really focused on that. But when I smelled this whiskey, all of that came to mind. Um, and it's what I, it's what I smelled, savory cinnamon dessert that, you know, with a hint of the dried cranberry, very sweet sorghum. Um, I even wrote on my notes, uh, like kind of like a cinnamon raisin bread. But again, I could just really be in the mindset for Mardi Gras and the king cake, <laughs> but that's what I got. So, <laughs> um, but so I gave it a 10 on the nose. Um, and on the taste, I um, did you give your scores for the nose already? You did. Okay. Yep. So for on the taste, yeah. I gave it a nine um, because it was pretty much consistent from what, you know, I nosed in the beginning to what I actually tasted. Um, and I thought it was just very rich and complex. And, you know, something about, um, for me, it was sweet on the tongue. And as, you know, you start to get all these baking spices and all these different um, flavors, then that rye kicks in on the back. And I think that's pretty impressive for a 95 proof. I mean, a 95% rye. It's not spicy from, it, it just didn't burn my mouth from the moment I sipped it. But I really did get the complexity in this whiskey. Um, so for that, I gave it a nine. What about you? So, um, my palate did not pick up, uh, all of those, di- all of those different notes. Um, I was, uh, my palate was really overpowered by the spiciness of the rye. And so I ended up giving it a six, 
four. Oh my two. goodness. Um, <laughs> yeah, I just, you know, if you're a person that you like that spice, uh, that spiciness in your whiskey, um, this is certainly a spice forward uh, whiskey, at least in my opinion. And so I, I mean, the spice, it, it, for me, from the tip of my tongue all the way to the back of my palate, it's there. And some other notes did kind of pop up a little bit or peak up a little bit, a little bit of earthiness. The grass that I smelled on the nose also did come through a little bit on the palate. But the spice is front and center the whole way through, which mm-hmm. is why. I ended up giving it uh, ended up giving it a six for uh, for the on the taste um, on the mouthfeel. Uh, I gave it a seven. I thought it was medium bodied, not really viscous, but you know, a good. It was a good coat uh, on the inside of your mouth. Um, felt good. And so I, I went ahead and gave that a seven. What about you, babe? Um, I gave the mouthfeel a nine. Um, just because okay. it hasn't been a while since we've had a, a mouthfeel that was, um, or a whiskey that was like more on the thicker syrupy side. Like I, I think we said last week, um, it was more of like that simple sort of com, um, um, consistency on um, the last whiskey we tasted. And sorry, I have traveled so much. I don't remember what we actually tasted last week. <laughs> um, but I promise <laughs> I will catch up when I get like, two more days worth of good rest. But um, but it was a simple sort of consistency. So for this one, this one was more thicker than that. Um, and so I gave it a, a nine on the mouthfeel. And then on the finish, I gave it an eight. And I gave it an eight because it just took too long for that finish to kind of dissipate so that I could jump right back in and experience the whiskey all over again. Um, but it's a, this is a long one to savor that 120 proof and that ride definitely kicking on the back end. Um, and so it was, it was just a little too long for me. It didn't burn, but it was just like, okay, enough already. Like I want to get, I want to get back into it. Um, so I gave it an eight. What about you? So again, our, our palates are real, really disparate, uh, on this one for me, uh, the finish was is interesting. The spice from the tip of my palate stayed all the way down through the finish. Um, and so that made the finish uh, a little hot for me. Mm-hmm. But in spite of that, I found it actually to be relatively short. It didn't really stay with me. And maybe a lot of that was because when I when the, when the spiciness hits me, in the front of the palate and stays with me all the way through to the swallow, then when I don't feel the spiciness anymore, then it feels like it's gone, right? Right. So that's why for me, it didn't feel like it stayed for a medium to a long length of time. It was just spice from the front of the palate all the way through to the back of the palate. And then it, and then it went away and I could, taste again as long as I was ready for that spice. Right. And so um that's because of that, I gave it a six on the uh on the finish the same as I gave it um on the taste because the spiciness, uh the rye spice to me was so dominant 
And I, you know, like I said, that's what the mash bill is for. That's how it's designed. Mm -hmm. So if this is what you like, if you like that really spice forward, uh, high proof, 120 proof, that's what you like. This is something that I think that, uh, that a listener would really enjoy that has that type of palate, uh, or seeking that type of flavor profile. So, so what'd you end up in total? Yeah, I, um, I can't wait to hear where you actually ended up in total. I got a 45. You ended up with what? A 45. Uh, what about you? So I ended up with a 35. Wow. And uh, so. That puts us at an 80. So, yeah, that puts us there at an 80, which is it's a solid score. It's still a solid score. Yeah. Is this the most variance we've ever had, though? Um, it might be. I don't have. I have my tasting my tasting book here, but I don't have your score written under. Every and I never remember my scores. One that we've done, so it may be a wide desert, but you know that's the purpose of bonded and bourbon. You used to, we we give the listener the the perspective from two very different palettes, and so um, right. You know, if, if, like I said, for the listeners, if these notes that we're giving you are flavors and notes that you enjoy, that you prefer, then go and pick it up. And mm -hmm. I'm sure that you'll enjoy it. And I think it'll be a positive experience. So, um, yeah, I think that uh, an 80 is a solid score. It is. And I just really want to thank our friend OJ for sending us this um this bottle to review um you know he he also before he released this one he calls these series diy so uh, this is actually diy two diy one was um was actually a four roses barrel pick that he did and there are still a couple of those um that are still out there um, that are available to sell there are two there he says there's two cases left of the diy one um, and that's a nine-year and four-month OESF, 119.4 proof for Roses Bourbon. Um, so that's so that's still available for sale. But this one, the Whistle Pick that we just uh, tasted, sold out in five days. So it's it's already gone. Um, so yeah, if you want to follow OJ and his barrel picking journey, he's on at Neat Rocks Cocktail. Um, and then, yeah, definitely follow up with him, especially if you want to try and get the four roses, uh, barrel pick that he did. I may, um, ask him to send us a sample of that so we can, we can go back at it yeah. and <laughs> see what we think on that one too. But, um, but yeah, yeah but thanks OJ. This was an amazing, uh, whiskey to try and we really appreciate you sending us a bottle. Yeah, we really do. Really do appreciate it. Well, how's, how's everything going with our barrel pick? So our barrel pick, you already know we're on uh, our re-release. So the first barrel sold out. We took the same exact stave combination from the first barrel and laid down a second barrel with Maker's Mark. That will be ready in March. We keep getting um, questions from our um, from our members and our followers asking like, okay, I pre-purchased my bottle. When is it coming? When is it coming? Because they still see people uh, making reviews and talking about it within the group. Um, but the uh, the bottles will be ready by March. Um, so as soon as we know when they're being bottled and shipped to Atlanta, we will send out a massive note letting everyone know who already pre-purchased that the bottle is ready. 
but um, we only have 40 bottles left in the re-release. So we have gone through, again, almost another full barrel, and we're down to the last 40. So um, if you are interested in securing um, a bottle of the Black Bourbon Society Maker's Mark Private Barrel Select, please go to blackbourbonsociety.com slash support. Um, It is worded that way for a reason. Um, But trust me, when you go to that link, everything will be uh, self-explanatory as to how to secure your uh, bottle of the re-release. So get it today. It will be gone tomorrow. I'm trying to tell you guys. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) uh, Did you see um, our friends post in the group? I'm not going to say her name today, but she uh, posted in the group about uh, how she took her bottle over to a a girl like a retreat with her girlfriends and that someone got a hold of that bottle and basically drank four humongous pours of it and you know she was just so upset <laughs> that her her bottle was halfway gone <laughs> and so now she's i told her it's like send the girl your link so send the girl the link so she can repay you for the bottle but yeah yep. re- re- yeah, but Replenish instead of meditating bottle. and and solving her problems elsewhere, she drank half of our friend's bottle, and uh, needless to say, our friend is not too pleased about it. So, <laughs> well, hide the good stuff. Go ahead, go ahead and cop another yeah. bottle. Yeah, yeah, you guys are gonna learn. You guys are gonna learn how you need to have different, for different people whiskeys for yeah. different occasions. And for different guests, and certain guests get certain whiskeys, other guests get other whiskeys. But yeah, the barrel picks are special, so hide it, hide it when you've got your friends yep. who are not responsible with whiskey, are not great connoisseurs of whiskey. Hide that from them, just to yep. preserve your own collection. Yeah, so. absolutely, absolutely. Well, tell everybody how else they can get in touch with us. Well, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Bonded and Bourbon Podcast. Um, and then also you can find us in, in all of our previous shows on um, either the ABV Network or on bondedandbourbon.com. And we would so graciously appreciate if you would tell all your friends about the show, um, give us a five-star review, subscribe to the show so you don't miss an episode that airs every Tuesday. Um, And just give us your thoughts, your comments. Um, We've gotten amazing feedback and we, and it just truly means a lot to us, especially when, you know, we are working and scrambling in our our own businesses. And then we have to make sure that we stop and um, do our whiskey notes our whiskey tasting notes and then come together to do the reviews for you guys to hear on Tuesday. So please, um, you know, leave us a note, tell us how much you love the show and, um, and tell a friend. So that's how you get in contact with us. All right. Well, we'll be back next week. We'll have another episode and we'll be doing another, uh, another wonderful whiskey. We haven't quite decided what we're going to do next week, but, um, We'll let you guys. We'll let you guys know. But well, you know, I'll be there next week. Yep, yep. So we may end up doing that one together, uh, sitting here. Yep, sitting here together. So yay! But we just want to thank you guys for listening and all the support. 
It means a lot to us. We are most appreciative, most grateful. And uh, we'll be back next week with a new episode of Bonded and Bourbon. Stop. Armand, why would someone be interested in a still from Moonshine Still Pro? Well, there are those that want distilled water, and the stills from Moonshine Still Pro certainly can do that. Others like the idea of a still in their man cave or she shed. I mean, is it really complete without one? Finally, there are those that are trying to tap into the rebellious American spirit, like was exemplified during the Prohibition era, as people gathered to connect and share a drink. No matter what your personal need for a still is, Moonshine Still Pro has a still that suits it. And they have parts that you can't find at your local hardware store if you're trying to build your own. I think people want to know more. Where do they need to go? You can find Moonshine Still Pro at www.moonshinestillpro.com. They also have a secret insider site, www.knock3times.com, with the number three, where they often have discount codes and other secret insider content. Bonded in Bourbon is part of the ABV Network. For more information or to advertise on the show, please log on to abvnetwork.com. Bonded in Bourbon is created by Bowen Zell Productions.